Luke chapter 8, verse number 4. And remember, again, the Christmas banquet, a Sunday morning service, a regular service, and then we'll come back at 5.30 for our Christmas banquet. Everybody say 5.30. Regular church time. We normally have prayer at that time, so that's what we just kept it at the same time. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell among the rocks, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. The Lord was trying to get us to listen to him. Jesus was trying to get the people of that day that he was speaking to, to listen to him. But he said it in such a way that the writer wrote it down and it didn't just speak to that generation, but it's speaking to this generation. Not only this generation, it's speaking to us this very moment. God is saying to us, he that hath ears, let him hear. Does anybody hear God tonight? Is anybody listening to the Lord tonight? The Lord's trying to speak, and I'm not talking, I'm not referring to this this moment, this Bible study. I'm not talking about just this service. But God is speaking in this generation. He has spoken to every generation, and he will continue to speak. But are we hearing him? Are we hearing him? Which voices are we listening to? Are we listening to God's voice? Are we listening to our fleshly voice? Are we listening to the voice of the enemy, the devil? Are we listening to the spirits of the underworld? Are we listening to God? I want to listen to God. And I'm going to give you a few pointers tonight, and I'm not going to get through with this lesson, and may come back next week and, and hit it some more. I don't know yet. But I want to talk to you about hearing God speak. Hearing God speak. I want you to hear me tonight. And I'm not saying that everything I say is God speaking. Now don't, please don't ever think that. But there are some things that a preacher will say in a pulpit that it is God speaking. Sometimes God causes a preacher to say things and he don't even know where it came from. I mean, literally. They don't even know where it came from, why he said it. 
We saw Brother Phillips just recently tell us, none of this was in my plans today. It wasn't in my notes. I came in here and I spoke this stuff. Somebody, God wanted somebody to hear this. And so God is trying to speak. Well, it's Wednesday night, Brother Candy. That's right. You're more prone to hear God on a quiet Wednesday night than you are shouting and running, screaming and worshiping. And I'm, I'm not knocking that at all. You got to have that. We must have that. But sometimes it's that still, small voice that God's trying to speak and we're not acknowledging him. I want to be sensitive to the Lord. I want to hear the voice of God and identify his voice, understand who it is that's speaking to me, and follow him. Everybody say, God bless the word. <clears throat> you can be seated. God does still speak to his children in an interactive way in their lives. His sheep still hear his voice. Everybody go, bye. Thank you for obeying. You just let the Lord know I'm, I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. I admit it. I'm a sheep, and I'm trying to listen to you. We may not hear God literally speak. I've never heard that. Some people have heard a voice, and God used a voice to speak to them. They heard a literal voice. That's never happened to me. I do hear God speak to me. I know when it's God because I've, I've allowed him to channel things through me in my, my life. And so I know when he's speaking to me. For instance, we had lunch with brother and sister uh, Andy Gregg, our cultivate, um, the person over cultivate. And we were talking about this coming year. Uh, what we're going to do, and we took them out to lunch, and I, I just felt the Lord speak to me, give them a Christmas present. I went back there and wrote them a check and brought it back, and I'm not telling you that to build me up. I'm not telling you how much. It ain't none of your business because you'll want one just like it if I do that, so I, I'm not telling you, but he's an evangelist, and I just I felt the Lord speak to my heart, and the reason I know it was God prompting him, because the devil's never told me to do that. Yeah. And, 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 and Larry Gandy's flesh is not interested in doing a lot of that. I'll just tell you that real quick. Uh, I love it when I'm on the receiving end, but it's not so much fun when you're on the giving end. Even though the Bible said it's more blessed to receive than to give, doesn't it? Huh? What does the Bible say? More blessed. I've heard people say, well, I don't know. I've never had nobody give me nothing. I didn't, but I wanted to say, have you ever given anybody anything? You know? I've literally had people to tell me, God told me to give you a $100 bill. Lots of times, lots of times, God has spoken to people to give me money in my ministry over the years. But you know why God does that? Because he can speak to me and I do the same thing. If we hear God, it cannot be a one-way conversation. God doesn't just speak to you when it's incoming. God speaks to us when it's outgoing. 
In fact, God's probably going to speak to us more on the outgoing way than he is the incoming way. But I will tell you this, God's faithful. If you hear the voice of God and you're sensitive and you obey him and you follow him, get ready to be rewarded. God's not going to forget that. And I just said that. That may help somebody here tonight. We may not hear God speak or we think it is our own conscience a lot of times, our own brain, and we don't recognize that that literally could be God speaking to us. We also may think that the only time that God speaks is when we're reading the Word, listening to preaching and teaching, or praying. But that's not the only time God speaks to me. In fact, it's not most of the time, it's not while I'm doing that that God speaks to me. You say, how do you know it's God? Because he spoke to me before, and I've listened to him, and I've acted, and I've seen the results, and I've seen how God blesses that. Sometimes it is a verse that we may not have deliberately memorized or even remember reading that verse of Scripture. And sometimes it's a nudge in our hearts to pray or to witness to someone. Sometimes he puts the words, puts the words in our mouths. A preacher might say something not planned, like I just mentioned about Brother Phillips, not planned in his sermon, completely unrelated to his sermon, but afterward have someone come up and say, you said, you preached, you taught exactly what I needed today. I've had some of y'all to tell me that. And I've seen that happen in my ministry. I've said things and I, I thought, why did I say that? Or I preached on a certain subject and I didn't know why. I don't know why I get things. I asked the Lord to direct me and to help me and and all the time I'm I'm storing up and trying to come up with an idea, and I ask God all the time, now give me something for Wednesday night. You know God, Wednesday night's coming up, you know. I, I get kind of nervous, and I, I just say, now God, you know Sunday I got to have something, so start speaking to my heart. And so I talk to the Lord like that. And sometimes he puts words in our mouths, and sometimes it's, it comes when we least expect it. Sometimes it may be something that comes to your mind that sounds even like your voice, but the thought is either so profound or so needful in your life that you wonder, how did I come up with that? When you are actually thinking about something else on the opposite end of the spectrum at that very moment, and yet you spoke something and it was pretty awesome. It blessed somebody. And I, I, I just do that all the time. You know, I, I want to do it. I don't know how much of that I do. I want to be a blessing. I, I love to teach because I think we're missing an opportunity in the church world uh, when we're not teaching practical living and practical application in our lives. 
I, I love evangelism, and we got to have it. Church can't make it without evangelism, and you cannot make it without emotionalism and worship and, and all of that. But you cannot just build a life. People can't grow if they don't know how, if you don't give them some how-to and uh, teach them some things that are practical in how you treat people, how you think, how you act. Um, that's important. It's very important. And, and if we're not careful, in Pentecostal, we kind of get the, the kind of preaching we like. If somebody don't do our kind of preaching, we just almost turn them off and don't hear them. If somebody's a little different, you know, y'all get used to my preaching. Somebody else comes along, you can just kind of sit there and get on your phone and kind of do other things during the preaching and teaching, not pay attention. Like I know some of you done many, many times because I've made mention of that holy glow that comes on your face. Your light is shining. <clears throat> God is speaking to you a lot of times through the Holy Ghost, that inner witness, God speaks to us. The Holy Ghost was sent to lead us and guide us into all truth. But you got to hear to be led and guided by the Holy Ghost. You cannot close off your mind on the parts you don't want to hear. You can't just listen to the stuff you like and ignore the stuff you don't like. Amen? And we're prone to do that as human beings. We're prone food the same way. You know, there's some things that I just don't like and I avoid them. And if we're not careful, we can do the spiritual world the same way. You know, I don't like your kind of preaching. I don't like your style. I don't like what you say. I don't like your voice tone. I'd rather have somebody more like Brother Gandy. And, you know, you just. And so the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. And it comfort you as well as convict you if you listen to God. If I'm doing something wrong, God will speak to me and he will tell me or question me, is that really good for you? Is that really what you need to be doing? And a lot of times, if I've kind of made up my mind, this is what I want to do, I just ignore him. God's still speaking, but I'm not hearing him. You understand what I'm saying? And so he does not always do that silently. Sometimes he uses things to get our attention. Sometimes it may be a little trouble. Sometimes it may be an accident. Sometimes it may be he'll let us lose something. <laughs> that gets your attention, especially if it's your phone. I mean, we panic. We go, we go bunkers. We go crazy if we lose our phone. God will never, and I want you to get this one, God will never speak to you and say anything to you that contradicts his word. Never will God do that. 
God will never give you a revelation that contradicts the plan of salvation. It won't happen. If you're getting that kind of revelation, be assured it's not coming from God. God is not speaking to you in that time. God does not supply the life to the letter or you could not properly interpret the rightly and rightly divide the word of truth without the spirit. The letter kills, the Bible says. But when the spirit is added to it, it keeps us from becoming like the Pharisees and the hypocrites and the religious unbelievers like the Sadducees uh, that wanted to uh, make the law more important than the relationship. They wanted to judge instead of love. And we can never, ever, ever become a judging church instead of a loving church. God could never, never bless us like he wants to bless us when we become a judging church. And I, I give kudos to you. I give praise to you. I give a hand clap to you because this church, as far as I know, if you're doing it, you're doing it in secret. You're not pouncing on the new converts. You know, we, we give them time to grow up in our church. We give them time to, to see things, for God to speak to them. A new convert is a new baby. Everybody say new baby. Well, can you imagine bringing a new baby from the home and jumping in them, pointing your finger at them and saying, all right, dude, time for you to grow up. Time for you to start acting right. Time for you to, here's the bathroom over here. You take care of that. Here's the bathtub. Here's the toothbrush. They don't even need a toothbrush. They don't even need teeth. They can't do anything. They cannot do anything. They can't even talk. And yet we want them to be like us. It's strange to me that the Bible talks about us being as new babes in Christ. And, and, and when we come into the kingdom, we're brand new babes at this. And people want you to uh, shape up and be like them, clone yourself to be like us in, in two weeks. <laughs> it won't happen, folks. You don't grow that quick. And I grew up thinking that. I did. I grew up thinking that. I thought, boy, if they got the Holy Ghost, how come they hadn't already straightened up this and done away with that and act like this? And, and I, I just didn't understand the principle of being a babe in Christ. Now, if you've been in the church 30 years and you're still a baby, come on, shake it. get Wake up! <laughs> it's time to start growing a little bit. Don't stay a baby. Paul dealt with that. And I'm going to leave that alone today. Yes, there are many voices speaking and false spirits, but don't listen to those imposters and the liars that keep you from the blessings and the protection that comes from the true voice of God. Now, why did I say that? Because things that go contrary to God and His law 
things that go contrary to your relationship with God and what you're standing for and the decisions you've made to live for God, when they're contrary to that, God will not tell you to go contrary to that. So if God's not telling us, where's it coming from? God will not tell you anything that would damage your spirit, damage your relationship, or cause you to grow weaker and further away from him. And so anything that we do, say, think, the way we dress, the way we act, the way we treat people, anything in that area that's taking us down the wrong path, because everything we do is taking us somewhere. Everything we do, it takes us somewhere. Everything we do will have an effect upon us. It'll either make you better or worse. It'll make you more spiritual or more carnal. <clears throat> we live in an age of technology. We all have cell phones. I do have a friend that does it. I, I talked to him this week, and he still does not have a cell phone. One of the only people I know that doesn't have a cell phone. He's older than me. He said, I just don't want to. I listen to it all day long. When I leave, I don't want a cell phone calling me. And his wife rants about it. His son rants about it. He says, I don't care what they think. I don't want a cell phone. He doesn't have one. And so we live in, a, in an era of cell phones and GPS. How did we ever get anywhere? Now you think about, well, how did we get anywhere? We used to, we'd have to get together and plan if we're going to go eat. And we'd have to get directions and write down notes. And still, half the time, somebody didn't make it. But now, you just say, we're going to go to Cheddar's. And everybody said, all right. And they just Google me, you know, take me to Cheddar's. And there you got it, you know. I don't know how we made it without it. And so, one of the most quotable phrases today is, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? You know why we do that? That came from wireless uh, cell phone Verizon. That's where that, uh, I preached a sermon on it right here in this church, I don't know, years ago. And I think I titled it, Can You Hear Me Now? And that's where that came from. Uh, Verizon uh, came up with it, that, and we all say it. I see people walking around, looking at their phone, and, and, you know, they're trying to get to where they can hear. And one of the most serious things we need to be doing in our lives is adjusting, you know, moving around where we can hear what God's trying to say. If you can't hear him where you're set, move around a little bit. If you're sitting next to someone, they're distracting you during church, we'll find you another spot. We're not limiting anybody to sit where you sit. We're all creatures of habit. And Sister Bradshaw, if she keeps bothering you, if you want to leave, that's, that's okay. That's, or was it her bothering you, Sister Sherry? While we are talking, we want to make sure we're being heard when we're talking on that cell phone, and God's also asking that question. I read it to you tonight. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? So how do you know 
God is speaking. Probably one of the most dangerous phrases in our English language is, and listen to me, God told me to do it. I don't like to use it very much. I, I, I'm, I don't want to ever uh, dishonor, disrespect that privilege uh, thing that we have. Did God speak to me? Because I've heard people sitting in a witness stand that killed somebody that said God told them to go kill them. So that can be a dangerous thing for us to use that as a cop-out. Pastor, I'm fixed to leave this church. God told me it was time to go. Or, you know, I'm fixed to do this. God told me. God told me that. How do you know it was God? That could be one of the most misunderstood phrases and the most misused phrases that we could ever use is God told me to do it. That's one we need to be careful in using. It could also be one of the most manipulating phrases. When somebody says, God told me to do it, how do you even argue with that? Or how do you question that? If God told me, well, then I don't want to fool with that. So as a pastor, Brother Tom, you come tell me, Brother Gandhi, God told me this. I can't question that. If you're emphatic that God told you. So I can't help you. I can't suggest in it because I don't want to go against what God told you. So you got to make sure it's God. And a lot of stupid decisions have been blamed on God. A lot of things. I have to admit, even as a pastor, when someone tells me God told me this, I'm a little skeptical. I want to know how do we know it was God? Do we say it's God's will or God spoke to me if it's something we want to do. And if it's not God's will, and if it's something we don't want to do, then God didn't speak to me. See, what I'm saying is, using that can be dangerous because a lot of times our will could get in that and I could start blaming God with it when it don't work out when it's not going good, it's not the will of God. And if it's going good, oh, that's the will of God. And just because it's going good doesn't mean it's the will of God either. And so hearing God can only happen in your life when you know God. When you have a relationship with Him. That's why it just kind of, I don't know, I just don't like, uh, I don't like people using this all the time. They say, well, the Lord told me this, or the Lord told me that, and uh, the Lord told me to get up, the Lord told me to go down the road, the Lord told me to, you know, and, and all that's fine and good, but 
what's the results? What was the meaning? What was the reason? If Sister Mangan tells me the Lord told me to go to a certain house and stop in and talk to him, I'm all ears. Because I believe that woman's got a relationship with God. She probably prays more than anybody in this church. She's got the proof in the pudding. She's been there. She's done it. She's proven to God and other people that she can hear God. But we've got to be careful when we're talking about the will of God or we're talking about hearing the will of God. Is it the will of God that I move to a certain city because that's where I want to go? Because I've had people to tell me that, that they wanted me to pray. They were thinking about moving. And then I found after they asked me to pray that they were already packed and already had the job. I think it's a little late for prayer. It's a little late to go to your pastor and say, I want you to pray about something. If you've already got the U-Haul packed and you've already signed over the job and you're heading to your new apartment, I don't think that's, that's the way you do it. But we got to be careful not to make God the one that told me to do this if I'm not sure God's really speaking. Are you understand what I'm saying here tonight? Sometimes the voice we hear may not be God speaking. The existence of a counterfeit always proves the reality of the real. People don't counterfeit anything that does is not real. How many of you have ever seen, a, now you may have seen a $3 bill or Bill Clinton's picture on it and say a $3 or something, I've, I've seen those. But how many of you have ever seen a counterfeit $3 bill? Anybody? Not one person in this building has seen a $3 counterfeit bill. Not one of you. You know why? Because there's no real $3 bill. Now, if I ask you, has anybody ever seen a counterfeit $2 bill? You may have. A counterfeit $1 bill? Yeah. How about 100 Yeah. Because they are real. Yeah, they raised their hands, so evidently y'all were... You got took or, or something. Somebody scammed you or, so, or something because there is real. You only counterfeit what actually exists in reality. The presence of a false assures the genuine. The truth is God does speak to his people. And he wants to speak to every one of us at times. But how do you know when it's God talking to you? How do you hear God? How do you tune into God? How do you know when it's him talking? And how do you know when it's just you talking to yourself how do you know when it's the devil talking? How do you even know if it's the pizza that you ate last night? How do you know when it's not really 
God. And it goes back to the hearing. When you're in relationship with somebody, you can hear them. Now, I'm talking about spiritually. You hear me right now. Any one of you could stand up and say something real loud, and we could hear you. That's not what I'm talking about. God speaks to the inner heart, the inner man, and how do you know that? How do you know it's God? We need to learn how to be more sensitive to God and hear him because I think God could take a lot more rough edges off of us if we were listening better, if we were hearing him better, you know. We need to tune in to God. You could go out and buy one of, the, I think, probably one of the coolest radios out there. So, and I know it's, it's an old Bose wave radio, but I'm going to tell you, you say what you want to. Those things sound good. And you can go buy one of those, about $120, $30, maybe cheaper, I don't know. And you can take it and put it in your room, and everybody walk in, and you say, hey, look, you see what I got? I got a Bose radio. It is good sound. Man, you can listen to music, and it is so beautiful. And I said, well, turn it on. And you turn it on, I said, well, I want to hear something. Well, that, that's it. That's, that's all I hear. You know, I like that. <laughs> it's a new kind of, kind of music. <laughs> you know. It don't matter how much you pay for a radio. It doesn't matter how well thought out it is and thought of and publicized and promoted. If you don't tune it in, you're going to have static or you're not going to hear anything. You still got to get on channel. You still got to find where the frequency is. God has already given you the capacity to hear him. Every one of us have a built-in capacity given to us by God that we can tune in and hear him speaking to us. You remember back in the 70s, it was the fad of the CB radios. How many of y'all had one back in those days? So, so us older guys did. These you, new guys, these young guys, they don't have a clue. But Tom, I remember I used to get on that thing. It was so cool. Go down the highway. Yeah, 10-4, good buddy. Put the pedal to the metal. Keep it between the ditches and watch out for county mountains and smoky bears. You don't even talk the same way you normally talk. You always get a draw or something, you know. You know what I'm talking about? You didn't just say, hey, this is Larry Gandy, you know. Hey, big daddy, big buddy. And you know what we'd always say when he's trying to get somebody? Hey, Tom, brother Tom, you got your ears on? Well, did that mean that Tom took his ears off? Did that mean that I look at him and it's all flat and he can't wear glasses anymore? No, that meant he had his CB off and I want to know, do you, are you out there? 
Are, are, is your CB on? Do you hear me? And the Lord, that wasn't a 70s thing. You got your ears on. The Lord said it. I read it to you tonight. The Lord was the originator of that. He wanted to know, you got your ears on? That was over 2,000 years ago. He wanted to know, can you hear me? Jesus is saying, I've already given you the ability to hear me, but you need to tune in to me and listen. There's a story told of Franklin Roosevelt, one of our presidents, who often endured long lines. They called them receiving lines coming into the White House. People come to see the president, come to see the White House, and, and he would stand there for hours and shake hands and say things to people. And then one day he complained to his staff. He said, I don't think anybody's paying attention to what I say. And one day he just, being president, he just thought I'm going to do what I want to do. And and so he said, I'm going to try out an experiment. And so people started lining up. And he was shaking their hands and Every once in a while, he'd look at somebody, he'd shake your hand, he'd, he'd say, good to have you. I, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And they'd say things like, oh, marvelous. <laughs> Keep up the good work. We're proud of you, Mr. President. God bless you, sir. And he went on, and it was amazing that the people that did not hear him say that. And finally, the uh, ambassador of Bolivia came up and he shook his hand. And he said, well, I killed my grandmother this morning. And the uh, ambassador of Bolivia kind of looked at him. He leaned over and he said, sir, I'm sure she had it coming if that's what you did. <laughs> finally got somebody listening to it. But it's sad when the when people don't really hear you, when they're not listening. You ever say to your kid, are you hearing me? I know we always raise our voice when we ask them that question because we think they're deaf because they're not listening to us. There are three reasons why it's important to hear God's voice. Number one, it proves that I am in God's family. It proves that I'm connected it proves I'm 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 in the, the the royalty. It proves that I'm one of his. I enjoy spending time with my wife, but I don't just spend time. I don't just look at her. Every once in a while, we say things. <laughs> now I'm not a talkaholic. You may think I am because of what I do up here, but I'm not. I can get in the car and drive and go two hours and not even, not even have to talk to anybody. When I'm, I'm thinking, I'm planning, I'm doing sermons, I'm spending money, buying things. I'm, you know, when I'm driving, and and we don't talk much, but every once in a while we'll we'll sit down and talk, and I say something to her, and she says something back to me. I hear her speak a little bit, and then she'll hear me speak a little bit. If I talk to God, it's not just me doing the talking. 
believe it or not, God talks back to us. But you got to be listening. You got to hear him. If I talk to God, I should hear back to him. And I wonder why it's so hard for we to believe that God would actually want to be speaking to little old me. But he does. More than we can even imagine. God is wanting to communicate to us. That's what it means to have a relationship with him. You cannot have a relationship without communication. And one of my pet peeves, and you already know it, I made it known before. I, I, I just, I guess it's, it just bothers me. People that never say anything and all they do is clap their hands. You know. All right, everybody, glad to be here tonight. Clap our hands. Ain't God good? What a wonderful God we serve. I ain't said anything to him. That's the preacher up there getting us. Come on, let's let's give him a little more praise. He ain't said one thing today. You have not told him anything. We clap for musicians. We clap when the team our team wins. We clap when somebody does something dumb and stupid and funny. We clap for everything. And God's trying to figure out why we're clapping our hands. What do you mean when you're clapping your hands? You're not saying anything when you just clap your hands when you come to church. That's not communication. That's an expression. If you never hear from God, you have a reason to question whether or not you have a relationship with God. Or to question whether you're listening to Him or not. If God's not speaking to you, maybe He is, but maybe you're not hearing Him. So we need to sharpen up our hearing. You know, a lot of times when you pray, after you finish praying, you might want to just sit there a few moments and let the Lord talk to you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's this myth out there that God only speaks to his best children. Only if you're a Moses or a Joshua or Abraham or a Peter and Paul, and God may have something to say to you. I don't believe that. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have more than one child? Several of you do. You just speak to that one child? You just speak to the good one? I know you're lying about that because you're going to be saying negative things to that other one. We speak to both of our kids, amen? We speak to all of our kids. We don't just pick out the ones that we like and say, uh, come here, honey, and, and speak to them and ignore the other ones. Come on. Now, do you think how ridiculous that would be in the house? If you're doing it, it's time to stop. <laughs> time to get that straightened out. But you don't do that. It sounds ridiculous. Y'all laughed at me even saying that. 
So why would you think God only speaks to those that are doing good or those uh, uh, in the hall of faith, those guys that are up front and wrote books and did all those miracles and everything? God speaks to all his children. Have you noticed with your kids, when they're struggling, you speak to them even more in their struggles? I don't think you heard that. I said, God probably speaks to us more in our struggles than whenever things going good. You're like your kids when he's having an emotional problem, when he's having a meltdown. You're going to get over there and put your arms around him. Oh, come on, son. Come on, honey. Uh, here, yeah, it's going to be better. Here, let me help you. We can figure this out. Things are going to be better. We spend time with our kids because we love them. And God wants to speak to us because he loves us. God not only speaks to us during good times, but when we're struggling. And the better you get to know the Lord, the better you begin to recognize and to sort out God's voice from all the other things that you're hearing out there. Because there are a lot of voices. There are a lot of things trying to get your attention. And this proves that I'm in God's family. I'm one of his children. And that tells me he's interested in speaking to me. Well, my time's out. And I am probably going to come back with this some more. Because I'm not where I want to be tonight. Would you stand?